Hello and welcome to the e-commerce playbook podcast. My name is Andrew Ferris and I am with you again as always. So grateful that you've joined me for another episode chronicling the journey of 4x400, the holding company that acquires, operates, and grows e-commerce brands that I have the privilege and pleasure of leading. This week, I'm going to be taking you back into the journey of 31 bits a little bit, telling you about the ongoing struggles we're having with that brand and uh, how I just cannot seem to figure it out. My team and I working very hard, but we have not unlocked it. And I'm going to, I'm going to let you in on the despair I feel about that right now. Hang with me and who knows, maybe one of you will have an idea and you'll send me the answer. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, I'm going to tell you all about it right now. Stay tuned. So here we are again, back on the journey of 31 bits. Let me just give you some sort of numbers updates. So you are looking at the same uh, basic approach that I am. I'm recording this on Monday, March 8th. Uh, and uh, over the last 30 days, 31 bits has done just under $26,000 in revenue. And that's that's fine uh, over the same period of time last year, 31 bits did better than that. Um, but there was a big product release and influencer deal and that sort of thing. So it's not really a fair comparison um, for all kinds of reasons. Uh, I might as well pull it up just so you can at least kind of have some context for it. Oh no, it did worse. So about $18,000 on the back end of that uh, product release, particularly around Valentine's Day. I think that was with an Aisha Curry uh, collab launch. Um, so, you know, there's forward movement in terms of revenue year over year, which I always like to see, but we have spent $15,700 on Facebook ads at just slightly better than a straight up one-to-one ROAS. Um, and that is a fine return if you are Bamboo Earth and there is great LTV. But for 31 bits so far, there has not been great LTV kind of by any stretch of the imagination. So that just won't do it for us. And even if you factor in some delayed attribution on there and some of those things, that, that number probably rounds out to around a 1.3. And, and if you narrow again even further and say, well, there's some testing budget in there in the midst of some ads that are kind of our evergreen sort of stuff that kind of sort of works, Maybe you could say if you ran this account as efficiently as possible, you could spend, I don't know, 10 to 12 grand a month in the off season here at like a 1.5. Now, that's actually in the early stage of a brand, not a terrible outcome. Um, but this, you know, 4500 is a unique setting where we have to allocate resources towards opportunity and and see kind of not only can we win with a brand because i really believe given enough time we would solve 31 bits like there's just enough stuff we could do that that you'd, you'd figure it out but the question is like is that the best use of our time and resources now and um and so we're kind of constantly evaluating that truth be told and and that's not news to anybody who's listening to this podcast like we certainly from, from my team or otherwise we still believe in the total upside we still love i mean we still believe in the product we still believe in like the mission all of these things and really want it to work it's just been such a struggle and um and here's the question that is just killing me right now it's this why can we not generate like why are people not buying the product? <laughs> I mean, it seems in some ways so straightforward. It's the most basic marketing question. And we've tried a million things. We've tried to feature the mission really strongly, and we've tried to pull back from the mission, you know, a lot. We've tried some video ads and some stills, and we've tried uh, brandy kind of stuff, 
at the ad level versus you know much more product focused stuff and and we've tried every possible offer you know I'm so big on this like change the offer we've tried um, a regular cycle of, of um, discounting versus not and we've released some new products along the way and and that stuff's all fine um, but it just has not really seriously moved the needle very much and I just honestly, for the life of me, can't figure out why. Like it is, I actually feel a little vulnerable to say it like this because, in some ways, I bet there's something I'm missing. And 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 I mean, I'll say the easiest thing in the world is to look at somebody else's e-commerce website and say, "Oh, here's why it's not working. You should just do this, this, and this." I, I see this kind of mentality all the time. Like it's it's actually, especially coming from the agency world, it's like the cheapest, easiest agency sort of like sales hack is to do like a quote unquote audit of something. And you got a bunch of people who sound smart firing off ideas, but it's just not that easy. Like it just isn't. You you like these problems are hard because they're hard. And the simple way to frame this reality is just with that continuing metric of revenue per click that I spent the entire episode talking about uh, last week. Like uh, the revenue per click at every step has really basically for the entire history of 31 bits available Google Analytics account, including when they were doing much more revenue than they are now, um, has really been around a dollar. And it, it's varied, you know, 10 or 15% in either direction, but it's never seriously changed a lot otherwise. Um, and, and I just can't quite figure that out. And I mean, even looking kind of year over year at our, uh, at our holiday numbers and some of the other things, like it just is, we've really not moved much past that. Um, so I have been banging my head against the wall trying to solve this problem. And I'll give a few thoughts onto some things that I think are going on here that um, are far from um, clear and far from, from like definitive, but there are at least a few thoughts. One thing I'll say is that I think I have really not paid close enough attention to how massive seasonality is as a factor in jewelry. Again, that feels a little vulnerable to say. This might be really obvious to everybody else. Like, of course, people gift jewelry. Like, it's actually stereotypically a gift, you know? Like, it's like, like everybody knows, like, jewelry is something you gift for all kinds of reasons. And um, so, so that's something that, like, I think I uh, have undervalued is that this brand might be like the way I've talked about FC Goods, where you're just going to exist at some low numbers in the off season. And as you solve problems along the way, the the non-seasonal moments will be fine, but they won't be like huge. They will never they won't get huge compared to um, holiday and then and then to some degree Mother's Day. Um, in that respect, you know, FC Goods when we ran that brand, it is all about holiday and Father's Day, and it's just a gift product. It's really hard to to make work. Now we have some data to say about seventy percent of our purchasers right now are buying for themselves, and they're not buying gifts, and that's. That's definitely different than FC Goods, so maybe a little less extreme, but there's still a reality there that in the off-season, the revenue per click has been like sub-75 cents for lots of of 31-bits history. Um, And and that means that there's sort of three ways to create uh, moments for 31-bits in the year. One of them is holiday. That's not really a way to create a moment. It's just reality. Again, I talked about this last week. That's one of the factors of RPC is seasonality. Another one is um, uh, Mother's Day. So again, same thing there. But the third one would be product releases. And um, and so one thing I'm definitely talking to my team about right now is, theoretically, if we are able to keep hacking with this brand, how good do we think we could really get at efficiently 
creating and releasing products in a way that is not a major resource drain, but that continues to put new products in front of our customers so there's reasons for them to come back, so there's moments of excitement, um, there's ways for us to continue surfacing our best-selling products to the top of our collection pages and lowering our worst-selling products and offloading stuff in sales. That gives you good discount moments for, for some products. Like Getting that right in, in a fashion brand, I think, probably matters a ton. Um, and, and that is frankly, not what 31, not what 4F100 has been built for in the past. We have, um, a, a vice president of new brands who runs three brands. <laughs> uh, we have designers split across multiple brands. So we, we are just not slotted for deep work on one brand. We would have to solve, not just for us, the actual product itself. I'm, I'm confident we could find good jewelry designers and, and even working with one of the founders of 31 bits who does our jewelry design now, I'm confident we could keep making that work. And I know we can get good photos and those sorts of things, but the question is, how efficiently could we run, um, could we turn that around? How f efficiently could we get our product photography and our lifestyle photography and our products designed and um, our emails designed? All, all of those kinds of basic things so that we're, we're basically putting, um, not eating up tons and tons and tons of resources that can go to other parts of our system in order to do that. And if so, will that pay off enough for it to be worth it? Because when you look at 31Bit's history, so many of the biggest moments that are not holiday are product releases. And sometimes they're also influencer moments like collabs. And I think that's another thing we could consider. Um, but, but that's so much of it for me is just this, this question of, um, is that, are we able to do that efficiently and is it worth it if we can? Um, so that's, that's one thing I'm thinking about a lot right now, because right now, otherwise like it just, no matter what we've tried, like I said, I can't quite figure out, um, and, and it doesn't seem to me that there's any history of figuring out what it is that people are buying here. In fact, if you one of the interesting things about this, and this is another factor I think I undervalued, is that if you if you say product releases is kind of point one here, point two is another factor with 31 bits is that historically 31 bits um, performance was built a lot on its story around Uganda and the investment they made into that community, uh, the founders made into that community. And that is um, awesome and beautiful. But as we've shifted more and more towards this story about investment in Bali, the story is not as strong, first of all. I mean, we are sincerely treating our employees great there. Um, but though the story is not as strong, the other problem is the jewelry is very different. Um, moving 31 bits from this story of um, paper beads, I mean, bits referred to bits of paper. Um, so there's this sort of paper bead style of jewelry that was made in Uganda over to um, metal jewelry and even trying to move towards gold vermeil and solid silver up from gold-plated brass. Um, it's a different product, which means our returning customer revenue uh, simply was not as good uh, has not been as good as it had been in the past. And I think that's probably part of why. Our email list when, is pretty significant relative to the size. Um, uh, and and so, same with our social following. Both are pretty solid numbers relative to the, to the revenue of the brand compared to what I've seen in e-commerce. And that's because 31Bit spent a long time um, building up organic following with their business before. Lots of PR and um, all around the story of what was happening in Uganda. But because that was all around Uganda, that audience is less interested in what's happened is in our Bali jewelry. They just are. Uh, paper bead jewelry is not the same as our metal jewelry. And no matter, much, no matter how much trends change, it seems to me that customers 
um, are maybe not the same customers or are just not responding to our new products in the same way. And that's actually sort of a fascinating thing here. If you break down RPC, and I recommend doing this when you're looking at this kind of metric, go into, this is another thing I talked about last week, go into Google Analytics, separate out your two segments in, at the top of Google Analytics between new users and returning users. Okay. Um, now, new users and returning users isn't quite the same as new customers and returning customers, but it should solve for that to some degree. Okay. Um, what's fascinating is that if you look at our November, December numbers, uh, we were able to drive uh, year over year at holiday this year, 60% more new users than we did than 31 Bits did in 2019. And the RPC of those um Customers was 16% higher year over year than it had been before. But our returning customers, despite that we drove many more returning users, and I should be careful there, like I said, returning users and returning customers are not the same thing. Just because they've been to your site doesn't mean they've bought before. But our returning users, though we drove a bunch more, again, probably downstream from a lot of ad traffic and stuff, they were worth 10% less year over year. So if you look at our RPC year over year, and, and you, you see the same effect by channel. If you look at um, our overall RPC is very similar year over year, uh, basically for our holiday traffic um, from 2020 to 2019. However, if you break it down by channel, we actually did um, pretty well in our new customer traffic overall relative to what we'd seen before. It, it's just that, we drove tons and tons of that traffic and it kind of throws off the metrics. So um, anyway, if you're not following, it's okay. Uh, the basic point is that we actually are seeing some uptick in initial conversion rate and initial AOV basically rolled up into RPC year over year. And any way you slice that, uh, that basically has been true, uh, including even more recently. Now, we've had some changes that, that's not as pronounced more recently. I think there could be some elements related to some of the pricing strategies we've played with more recently. But if you look in January, where basically it's the, uh, you know, we, we had pricing that we had stuck with for a while and some of those things, this effect was really, really strong. But basically before we made a bunch of major changes, the, um, the, the basically the same factor was happening year over year from uh, January to January. And that's actually a good sign. What, what I'm saying is there are, in some ways, some good signs still under what's happening. And so this is, this is if you're not following what I'm saying, let me summarize it uh, quickly. What I'm saying is it's possible, it's possible that actually we're totally on the right track. We're just not there yet. And there hasn't yet been some incredible unlock moment. And that's really the only issue, that we basically simply haven't been able to, to do this. So, so um, we haven't been able to have one big unlock where suddenly our performance gets a lot better because of some hero ad. And it's possible that what 31Bits really needs to do is just stay the course, keep releasing new products, get into Mother's Day, um, keep doing some occasional discounting moments and, and offers and, and sort of create marketing moments like that um, and hammer away at the tactics. We still have automated flows that need to get more built out. Our SMS can, can get better. We um, can do some post-purchase offers. We can do all kinds of like sort of tactical stuff to keep hammering away at the overall flow of the brand. And I wonder if we can get 5 and 10% better here and there. Keep iterating on ads. If we can get 5 and 10% better here and there, I wonder what would happen for the overall if actually the snowball will keep growing and then we'll kind of finally see an unlock once we have 
you know, maybe some ad, or if there's not really one big unlock moment, if we just have to keep getting incrementally better. Now, the question remains the same. Is that actually the best use of our time? And and that's something I don't know. But that's where we're at. And And at the end of the day, the thing that is just really, really vexing to me is it's good quality jewelry. There's nothing... Like, let's be honest, there's nothing crazy about it. It doesn't, it's not, it's not like, doesn't look super different than other jewelry. <laughs> That's all over. I've spent a lot of time looking at other online jewelry stores and, and our stuff is very similar to lots of it. Um, so it doesn't, it's not super different. And that, what that tells me is it both shouldn't have terrible sell through and, and I could understand if it didn't have an incredible RPC. Um, if it didn't have incredible sell through, but I still just am stuck on this basic point of like, what is it? What is the magic? And this is maybe a more traditional marketing challenge. What is, is there some magic we can bring to this brand that can solve this problem? Um, so that's where we're at. It's, it's that's uh, kind of all over the place, I know, but that's because that's where my mind is at with this. We are just considering all kinds of stuff here as to what's next. Um, but that's the question at the end of the day. And, you know, I think that's probably true for a lot of entrepreneurs and for a lot of people looking at this. The question so much of the time is, how do I generate a baseline of sales? How do I generate a baseline traffic value? And if you can solve that problem, everything else comes with it. And, um, and so that's what we're still going to keep going after. And, um, you know, I, just me being me, I'm still optimistic. So we'll see where we get. Maybe not my most hopeful show, I know, uh, and that's that's all right. There are moments like this for everybody, and, and I could see across our brands, the beginning of March has not been great, except for Slick. Slick is smashing. Uh, Slick is moving right into its moments of seasonality, spring into summer. Uh, but for other brands, we're seeing kind of trouble across the board, and so it's, part of me also wonders if there's just something macroeconomic going on here outside of my control. Uh, I don't really know. I, I hope you are hanging in there. hope things are going well for you. If you have questions, thoughts, I would love to hear them. Um, hey, and if you have ideas for how to make 31 bits into an absolute monster of a brand, send them my way. Maybe we'll make it work. Uh, you can email me at podcast at 4x400.com or reach out to me on Twitter at Andrew J. Ferris. I really try to get back to everybody who, who reaches out. So, um, yeah, so let me know if there's any insight, any questions, anything like that. Uh, as always, I really appreciate it if you rate and review. And I say that, but actually the other thing I would really appreciate is if you would share this with somebody. If there's somebody you think this would help, um, man, it, it means a lot to uh, me and to the team that helps make this happen if we can do that. One little programming note, we are working on some audio quality stuff over the long term, so we're hoping to kind of get that upgraded very soon. If that's been bugging you for a while, hang with me. I promise that uh, in the near future, we're going to uh, to make, a, make me sound better. So thank you very much for listening. As always, I will uh, talk to you next week.